Good morning. Men's Bible study is going to be Wednesday, this Wednesday, um, January 17th at 6.30 p.m. We're going to be going through James. We're continuing our study through James. We're going to go from uh, from verse 12 to the end of the chapter, verse 27, and uh, that will be at 6.30 p.m. in the fellowship room. And then... The following Wednesday, the ladies' Bible study is Wednesday, January 24th, at 9 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. They do two. They do one in the morning, one in the evening. And um, they were going to be continuing their study in the book of Ezra. And lesson two is Return to Me. And Cheryl is up visiting the Grands in Washington State right now. So uh, I would say go see her if you're interested in attending and haven't uh, connected with her about the book. But she's not here. So, um, but she will be back eventually, hopefully, because I need to eat. And so... Uh, She left me plenty of food, so I'm good. Ladies' prayer night uh, has been rescheduled, so it's going to be Thursday, February 1st at 6.30 p.m., and this is for um, prodigal prayer for children or grandchildren um, that don't know the Lord, and the women get together and they pray for their children and grandchildren. So, um, you know, put that on your calendar. Come on out and pray with the ladies. Men's breakfast is Saturday, February 3rd at 9 o'clock a.m. And we're going to be eating breakfast. Uh, Ryan, are you, um, yeah, okay. So Ryan's going to be making uh, biscuits and gravy. And um, so, sorry, ladies. This is a men's thing. And, and you guys know how good that is. Ryan always does an awesome job preparing that, so uh, we appreciate it. Jim Morton, um, Jim and Phyllis, um, went home to be with the Lord yesterday morning um, at uh, very early in the morning. Um, so uh, we want to pray for uh, Phyllis and the family. Um, you know, they, they were there. Um, Phyllis and her daughter, Chris, were there. And, uh, and Greg, uh, Chris's husband. And so Jim was ready. Um, I spent time with him on Thursday watching the Meekum Auto uh, auction and 
then uh, on Friday he decided that um, he was ready to go be with the Lord. And um, so he um, took all of the stuff off and and went home. Because he couldn't breathe without 100% oxygen. So, um, and, and so he did. But he fought the whole way. I'm, I'm telling you, he, he just, he was a fighter. And uh, I want to uh, keep Phyllis and the whole family in prayer as um, they're going to really be impacted by Jim's. He was such a wonderful guy. And, uh, you know, I know that if you knew Jim, you knew how um, joyful he was. He, he was, uh, he had a great character and personality, and he always brought a smile to my face. Um, and so um, we're going to keep them in prayer. After worship this morning, I'm going to give an opportunity if anyone wants to um, say something um, to Phyllis, maybe just a quick prayer. When I say quick, I mean just moments, um, you know, not uh, uh, a five-minute prayer. But I'm going to leave this here, and then you can go and look at that camera right there because Phyllis is going to be watching with her family and um, and you can just say something quick um, to Phyllis and uh, and Chris and Greg and actually the whole family. So um, you can go ahead and pray for them or and just make it very short so that everyone has an opportunity to do that. And I'll leave this after worship. We'll do that when we go to meet and greet. I'll remind you again when that uh, time comes. So... It's good that we're a small church. We can do that. You know, we, we can uh, be personal to those that uh, need to be encouraged. And, and we're very grateful that we can do that. Lord, we do pray for the Morton family. Uh, we know that Jim is with you. We're grateful for his life. He and Phyllis were married 60 years, and Lord, I, I'm just so encouraged just by that and uh, by the relationship that they had. So, Lord, I pray for Phyllis that you would comfort her, that you would bless her. I pray for the whole family, everyone that's going to experience a sense of loss, from Jim's departure, but at the same time, we have hope that goes beyond this world. And we're grateful, Lord, that we know he is with you, and so we can find peace and solace in that. But for those of us that are still here, Lord, uh, I pray for your comfort and your peace to be upon each one. Thank you, Lord, for this time of worship today for this time where we can come together and sing praises to you and then hear from you through your word. We look forward to hearing what you would have to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't we stand and worship together?
In every chain will break His broken hearts declare His praise But who can stop the Lord Almighty?
Thank you, Lord. We know that you have sealed our hearts. You have secured our place in heaven because you made it possible through your son, Jesus Christ. And now we have received him as our Lord and Savior, and you've sealed us for eternity. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done and made it possible. We, we don't even understand why you would want to spend eternity with us. But Lord, we look forward to spending eternity with you. And thank you, Lord, that you've given us many examples. And, and Lord, I know that even with our friend Jim, who breathed his last breath on earth yesterday, he breathed his first breath in heaven a moment later and he doesn't need oxygen any longer thank you Lord for doing that greatest work uh, we give you this service Father may you um, fill our hearts may your Holy Spirit open our eyes and ears to hear what you would have to say we pray in Jesus name Amen. Amen. So um, I have a microphone here, and if you want to say uh, something to Phyllis, a quick prayer. We only have a few minutes, um, you know, so um, you just take the mic. You can look right up in the camera that's right up on the ceiling with the blue light on it, and, um, and just uh, say something um, to, to Phyllis. You can say a quick prayer. Um, don't try to solve the problems of the world. Just make it quick. And, um, and then uh, give it to the next person because I know others want to do that. In the meantime, the rest of you can greet each other. Yeah. Phyllis, uh, I'd like to say uh, to you that uh, Jim was a true friend in Jesus. And... Um, and uh, a real gentleman, a true gentleman, and we'll miss him very much. And I pray that God will uh, ease the pain of your loss and to you and your family. Uh, and I look forward to uh, seeing Jim sometime in the future. Amen. So, see, see the blue light up there? Oh, well, uh -oh. good morning, Phyllis done. and family. Does green light mean it's on? Okay. We're, we're, we're on. We're okay. Okay, we're on. Good morning, Phyllis right. and family. Go ahead, Joe. Yes. Uh, I want to tell just a little story about how Phil and I met Jim. You fantastic guy. One time before attending church here, and people were walking around before it started, uh, Jim came over. I'd never met Jim before then. And he looked at me and says, how old are you? When's your birthday? <laughs> well, I just don't tell that to anybody, okay? 
so I said, oh, this is a little bit weird. What are you doing, Jim? I thought maybe he's uh, running uh, some tests, a survey or something. How many people are over 50 in our, in our group here? You know, I didn't know what it was. But anyway, you know, we left and went to church, did our thing. A um, couple weeks later, Jim comes in with a little gift for me and Phil. He found silver coins, two on our birthday. $10. My birthday, actually both party, parties. Both of us are born the same year. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, he got us our birth years on half dollars. Yes. And he said he, that's something he likes to do. What a, what a loving what a, guy. What a loving guy. He just reminds me of my brother, too, who I lost last year. So, anyway, amazing guy, Phyllis. I, I just will really miss him. He just, he's a, a great, great person and a love I just will never forget. Yeah, and... And uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, when, when we were uh, talking to you and Jim, after he mentioned his condition came back, and uh, he, he was a little disappointed. He said, you know, I, re- I really wanted to see what the revelation was going to be, be like. <laughs> he says, darn, I might miss it. <laughs> but, well, anyway, God but, bless you, Phyllis, but, and God bless your family. But Jim will would not trade that now. He's in paradise right now, and I don't think he'd come back for even experiencing the rapture. So yeah. God bless you and the family. So who's, who's next? I think um, Buzz? No? You done? Okay. I just talked right now. Hi, Phyllis. This is Barbara Levy. Phyllis, I always remember the story you told me about how you knew the Lord, and I thank you for that. Um, I'm so happy for Jim that he's with the Lord, and my thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. God bless you all. Hello, Phyllis and family. I'm Buzz Garrick, and just a dear friend of your late husband. I love him, and uh, I look forward to that time when I pass, and I'll be with him in heaven. May God bless you richly and uh, forever. Phyllis and family, love you dearly. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Oh, I love and prayers with you, Phyllis. I don't know how you can separate peanut butter and jelly. It'll always be together. And give you our love and our prayers. Fellows and family, I truly will miss Jim and his uh, smiling face. And just, uh, he was a pleasure to be around. And we'll just be keeping you in prayer. Hi, Phyllis and Chris. Um, just want to let you know how sorry I am to hear of Jim's passing and I know that you're, there's probably some relief knowing that he's with the Lord, but we just pray for your peace that surpasses all understanding and that your family will move on and we will hold him in memory. And we just, he's such a sweet man. We just miss him so much already. Bye bye now. I just uh, <clears throat> want to say it was a, it was a joy. Uh, to know Jim and uh, and Phyllis and uh, your beautiful family is in our prayer. Um, 
Jim was a, a, just a special spirit and a, and a bright light, and his hope and his confidence in, in God's Word was, was an encouragement to me and, and to Lisa. Uh, so we just pray for God's uh, blessing on your family and just the confidence in knowing that we'll be together again, and I'll look forward to that day. God bless you. Hi, Phyllis. Um, I just want to say that I'm sorry for your loss. And you know what? I just, you know, part of me was really very, well, yeah, it, my heart just hurt when I heard about this. Um, but you know what? My heart is, I have a lot more joy in my life for having you two as friends. And so, Jim, I'm very grateful that Jim's part of my life. And, um, you know, you know, you have my phone number, and I do mean it. So if there's ever anything I could ever, ever do for you, I will. And, um, yeah, my my prayers are with you, and it's it's got to be tough. I mean, honestly, I can't imagine. But um, you guys are loved, and uh, Jim will be definitely missed, but he's... You know, my my joy and my hope and everything is in the fact that we get to spend eternity together. And so that just absolutely is beyond all measure and means the world to me. So um, you take care and call me if you need me and I'll, I'll be there for you. So I don't think there's anybody else here that is going to talk. So... Um, yeah, you and your family will be in my prayers. Oh, here's Derek. Well, good morning. Sorry for your loss. It's uh, going to be a, a time of challenge, uh, but we're going to be continually praying for you and that the Lord just give you peace, Phyllis, and the family. And uh, we all miss you guys. You know, Darlene and I came back from the summer, and uh, we really just missed uh, seeing you and not having your presence here. So uh, as soon as you can join us again, we'd certainly love to have you. Uh, Jim was a wonderful man, and we are glad we had the opportunity to meet him. And so kind. You know, he left uh, some money with all of us. And so we'll, uh, we'll always have it in our memories, and we have those coins. So that was really uh, kind of a sweet um, ministry that he had, and so, but wonderful, wonderful man, uh, always did bring a, a smile to our face and joy, so uh, God bless you, uh, and of course, we are glad to know how much he loved the Lord, because precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, um, we all look forward to that moment, but uh, on this side of heaven, it's always a time of sadness, uh, but God bless you, and uh, may he give you and the family peace and comfort. Join us soon. God bless you.
Lord, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for hearing from you today. And so we um, pray for clarity. We pray for understanding. We pray, give us a, a, a glimpse. And so as we read your word, uh, we know that this is true. And what we're going to see and hear in the future has already been told to us. And so uh, may we trust you. May we understand and believe uh, what you have told us through your word. Thank you, Lord. I pray for the gift of teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in Revelation chapter 4 today. As we continue our study through the book of... If you didn't catch last week, um, we uh, actually, the week before is... Uh, Revelation 4, 1, we uh, talked about the rapture, and then last week we talked about John in the throne room, and and then today we're going to continue John's vision of the throne room. So if we were there seeing what John was seeing we may describe things differently than the way John is describing them. That's because John lived 2,000 years ago. And he didn't have electric vehicles. As a matter of fact, they didn't have any vehicles. Right? They didn't have electricity, they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have what we have today. So if we had a vision of like John had, the first thing we would do is reach for that cell phone to try to get a video, right? You know, oh, this is the throne room, let me get this on video, Oh, if we didn't have the phone with us, we would come back and we would make a movie out of it. We would get people to, you know, put together what we saw, vision. Oh, here, this is what I saw. And, you know, we'd have artist renderings of the creatures around the throne and 24 thrones around the throne of God. Can, can you imagine what it would look like? It wouldn't look like the sci-fi things that we see on TV. It wouldn't look like something like that. It would be amazing and it would direct our attention away from our audience of one. It would direct our attention away from the center of the throne room. And that's where our attention needs to be because everything that takes place in the throne room is centered around who sits on the throne. And so we often in our own lives get distracted by the things going on around us. Even 
ministry can become a distraction when we focus on the ministry and not on the message. Not on who the ministry is about. If we're focused on the way we do things or how we, or, you know, who's performing the music. I have some of the greatest worship leaders in the country. I have Chris Tomlin, Matt Redman, Phil Wickham. They're all leading worship. See, it's not about who's leading worship. It's about your heart and who you're singing to. You're not singing to the person next to you, in front of you, or anyone else in here. Our audience is sitting on the throne. And so when we get distracted by how things are done, then we miss out on true worship. We miss out on the importance of worship. Worship isn't what we're doing. Worship is who we are speaking to, who we are worshiping, who the focus of our attention is. I wonder if that's why God chose to send Jesus at the time that he did where there were a lot less distractions. There were a a lot less important things going on like elections and and you know the the economy and and the border and and all of these things covid you know can you imagine now see it would have been cool if jesus came right when covid was at its peak and he just healed everyone you know covid's gone and he just that would have been cool but For some reason, God chose the time that he sent Jesus because it was the perfect time. It was the right time. It was the time not just for them, but for us now. Because for 2,000 years, we've been celebrating his life. And his life is just as important today as it was 2,000 years ago, as it was 6,000 years ago, because he's been around from before the creation of earth. He was involved in creation. Creation was for him, by him, and through him. Amazing. Today's message is titled, Worship in the Throne Room. We continue our study through the book of Revelation. We're going to go back to verse 6 and we're going to pick it up there in verse 6. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. Can you imagine what they look like? These creatures, they have eyes all around them. You know, I, I think I remember a sci-fi movie that I saw where a, a creature had like eyes in the back of its head and, and 
and so on and so on. It's not like that. It's so much more. And it's not just the fact that they have eyes. This indicates that that creature can see 360 degrees around it. But the creature is not omniscient. Uh, It's not omnipresent. Uh, He is limited to the place that he is there in the throne room. He doesn't see everything everywhere, but he can see everything around him, everything going on everywhere around him. But he doesn't care about the earth because he's in the throne room. When you're in the throne room of God, you're not thinking about the earth. Your focus is on the one sitting on the throne in the midst of the throne room. The one that deserves all of our attention. Some people uh, are concerned about this. What? I've got to go and be in this room because we hear that it's 24-7, you know, this worship that goes on in heaven. Well, we know that that's not exactly the way things happen because we're going to be given places of authority. We're going to be given cities and and we're going to have interaction on the earth. We're going to have other things that we're going to be doing. The Bible tells us that. And so it's not that, but we lose the understanding of what it would be like not to have time. Can you imagine what it would be like to have no day, no night, uh, no morning, no 24-hour period? That's what eternity is going to be like. We're not going to have, nights are gone. And, and even the sunrise and sunset is gone because there's one source of illumination, Jesus. God is going to be the source of all light. And so how is that going to work? I'm not going to tell you. It's only a secret for pastors. We... We don't have that information. We don't know. Because God hasn't told us, and it doesn't matter. We're going to be shocked when we get there. We're going to get there and say, this is so much more awesome than Star Trek. This, This is, there's nothing that compares to what we are going to see. Uh, But here, John is trying to give a description, and he didn't have all of the technology that we have, you know, so we can kind of explain things, you know, because we've seen it on TV, uh, or, you know, we've seen it on the internet, so it's true, and and we now can understand things, and we can replicate things visually, you know, uh, uh, that we see, but John couldn't because he had no clue as to what he was seeing 
and he was trying to describe it to the best of his ability. There was a sea of glass like crystal. So this isn't water. There are a lot of commentators that say this is the sea like the bronze sea that was outside the temple. The priests would go and cleanse in the bronze sea before they were able to go in on the day of atonement and atone for the sin of Israel. And so that bronze sea was bronze, first of all, means that judgment of some sort. And so it was a cleansing of the judgment, cleansing so that they can continue uh, to do what they were called to do and and fulfill uh, the role that God has given them. But in heaven, in the throne room, the sea of glass is not a sea that's made out of water. There's no need for the bronze sea in heaven because there's no sin there. So there's no need. We aren't going to be judged in heaven. Is that too much? We're not going to be judged. We're going to an award ceremony. We're going to receive awards based on what we did but we will not be judged for any sin in our life isn't that kind of shocking because every one of us knows we deserve to be judged every one of us knows that God can hold something against us if he wanted to but he's not going to he tells us that He's the one that tells us that. And that should make us have peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding comes in the knowledge of knowing that we are not going to be held responsible for our sin if we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we've accepted his salvation. It's a two-part thing. We have to confess that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And then we have to ask for him to save us, to come in and to fill us. So it's a two-part thing. One of one of the troubles that I have, struggles, these, these are third world, these, these are Christian church struggles that a pastor goes through. He sends out an email and says, please respond, and no one responds. RSVP, and no one responds. And this is like, now fortunately you guys are pretty good about that. You know, when we send emails out saying, hey, please respond, let us know if you're coming to the the event or whatever the case. You guys are very good about that. I have pastor friends that I organize meetings for and everything, and I send an email out to the 15 pastor friends. I hope they're not listening. And (laughs) and, And they don't RSVP. I say, look, I've got to plan the food and the number of seats and the number of tables we need to set. I got a plan for all of this. Please, RSVP. RSVP, 
I guess they don't understand what it means. It means, responde s'il vous plaît, <laughs> is what it really means. That's the actual meaning of RSVP. It means, please respond. Okay, but um, uh, they don't respond. And here's the thing. As Christians, we need to respond to the call of Jesus. We can't just say, I believe, and that means I'm saved. It's not enough to believe, because even the demons believe, but I don't expect to see them in heaven. They believe and they tremble. And so we, as Christians, need to respond to the call. And the call is to every one of us. Many are called, but few are chosen. And we, as believers, have to be sure. And, and I am I'm very, very adamant about this. We need to do this to make sure that we have made this commitment in our own hearts. Because if not, then we can doubt our salvation. Our salvation is guaranteed to us by the Holy Spirit. He is the one that seals our salvation. And he's given to us as a guarantee of what's to come. But we have to be sure that if there's any doubt in your mind whether or not you're saved, then get rid of the doubt. Be sure that respond, s'il vous plaît, and you can be sure that you're saved. We should be sure that we should, we're guaranteed that place. And so here in the throne room, there is that sea, but the sea is out of crystal. It looks like crystal. It, it appears to be crystal. It can be walked on. We're going to hear in the future, in the future chapters, that there are people standing on that crystal sea because it's no longer for the cleansing of judgment. Now we're standing before the throne. We're there to worship. Can you imagine? Now, crystal is clear, obviously. Can you imagine what that would look like in the throne room? Remember what we covered earlier in the study. There were um, the on the throne. There wasn't a figure sitting on the throne. There was just light emanating from the throne, like jasper, right, and sardius. It was like white and red light emanating. And then there was the green that was the emerald rainbow that was around the throne. And so these colors reflecting off that crystal sea. I can't even imagine what it would look like. 
I'd have to have my Ray-Bans on because I'm sure it's going to be bright and just amazing. So much light in that place. And that's what John has described, this, this sea. And then in the midst of the throne, around the throne, were the uh, four living creatures full of eyes in the front and back. And then in verse 7 it says, And the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, and the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. What does that look like? I have no idea. That's the best John could explain it. That's the best that he was able to say. Uh, They had them all around and within. And within? What does that mean? How would that look? I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait. And they do not rest day or night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So here is the throne, the four creatures, the 24 thrones around the throne, the sea of glass. You see, the 24 thrones represent us, the church, and all of the saints that have gone on before us. That's who those 24 thrones John didn't recognize who because he didn't tell us who was sitting on those thrones. So we're, you know, we're assuming it's all oh, the 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 twelve sons of Jacob, the twelve apostles. That's who's there on those thrones. And and while that may be a good assumption, we're not told. And so I'm not going to create a doctrine about that. I'm not going to write a a movie about it or anything like that. That's, don't know. And so we know that they're there though. Thrones. And if there's one throne in the center, those thrones are probably more like chairs. Uh, I'm sure they aren't these big gilded thrones, you know, and and people coming up, serving them, you know. Here are some fresh grapes for you. You know, but I don't know. I, I just made that up. But here are the creatures, and the creatures are very similar to the creatures that we read about in Isaiah and Ezekiel. Um, these creatures had faces the same that Isaiah and Ezekiel saw, except one of them had four wings and uh, these have six, and Isaiah, I think, had six. And, and so, um, why? Why the difference? I don't know. Ask him. I don't know what the difference was. There are seraphim. There are cherubim. What are the difference? I don't know. But these are creatures that worship God. Interestingly, um, there was another who um, worshipped God, who was 
a creature that um, worshiped God. Let me see. In Ezekiel 28:14, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. We're talking about Satan. This is who Satan is. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. And so he was a perfect creature, a cherub. Was there a fifth cherub around the throne? I don't know. But here's the one that fell. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the firing stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty, your corruption. Uh, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they may gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. I devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. And all who knew you among the people are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. That's the anointed cherub. Satan, that's his end result. We get so panicked over him. It's already done. The, the, the book is already written. We know what the end result of his life is going to be. And so why fear why not just trust in the one who defeated him and not worry? But we worry because three quarters of the world is following him. They don't even know it, most of them. They're following him. You know, and, and there are people that knowingly follow him. Uh, you know, that they choose to follow him. I don't know if you're following that whole Taylor Swift thing. This is someone who is choosing now to worship Satan in, oh, oh you haven't heard, huh? I hate to be the spoiler. She, um, she pretty much, if you go to one of her concerts, the Eros concert and everything that she's doing right now, um, she um, has um, pretty much satanic worship going on on the stage. Um, 
you know, and she's pretty much in some of the things that she said, she's declared herself a witch and, and has fallen. Um, and uh, it, I just started reading about this stuff and I didn't believe it until I saw it. And then when there are certain songs that she's written that she performs on the stage that when you look at the lyrics, you know what she's singing about. She's singing about worship of Satan. Is that sad? Who are her listeners? Not me. I don't listen to Taylor Swift. Maybe you do, but I don't listen to Taylor Swift. My daughter does. She's going after the young girls, the young kids, and Kelsey. You know, I don't know why God allows these things to happen, but it's Satan's world right now. And he has messed things up more than we can imagine. You know, we watch the news and see it, but we don't really know the depth of what actually is going on behind the scenes. I'm not a conspiracy theorist about this. I read the Bible. So I know all of these things are true. And I don't look to go deeper so I can warn people about Satan. I, my focus is Jesus, not Satan. I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. I want to get out of here. I want him to come. Rick, I got your ticket right here. Here you go. It's not gonna, we're all going to go at the same moment. In the twinkling of an eye, we're all going to go. And so I'm looking forward to that moment. Here when we look in this vision of the throne room, we can see that there's no satanic influence there. There's no evil there. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. They are praising God in his almighty character. Almighty being from the beginning to the end and beyond. We have a narrow view of what life is really like because we are born and then we die. And so we, we kind of look at things from that perspective. God was never born. He created time. He created birth. He created everything. And so when we recognize that holy, 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 He's the only one that, that, why is it three times holy, holy, holy? Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Holy, holy, holy? Or is it because he was and is and is to come? Holy, 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 the whole time. He's always holy. I don't know. But what I do know is that I'm going to get to see that. Jim is seeing this right now. 
We're going to get to be there. And we're never going to look back and say, I just wish I could have got that EV. I, I, I wish I, 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 I wish I could have got that Tesla. You know, we're never going to say that. We're never going to think and with regret about what we did or didn't do here on earth. Because in heaven, it's going to be a completely different mindset. We're going to recognize the plan of God right before. Whenever the living creatures, verse 9, give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. Look at the stress of John saying he lives forever and ever, who was and is and is to come. He's really stressing uh, the eternity of God. He really, because it, it, we can't fathom that. But he continues to drill that point in. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. And so here is this picture of these creatures falling down. The 24 elders falling down, worshiping God on the throne. They're taking their crowns. Where do we get these crowns from? We're going to throw our crowns there too. So why? Because we don't deserve crowns. We have crowns of righteousness. We have crowns of glory. We have crowns of life for living. We get a crown of life. And I don't deserve any crowns, but that's why I guess we're throwing them to him because he deserves the crowns. He's the one who's holy. He's the one that created all things. And he is worthy to receive glory and honor and power. I don't get that. He is glory, honor, and all power comes from him. So how is he going to receive it? He's the source of it. I don't understand. There are some things. I, I'm sorry that I'm disappointing you. Pastor, you're supposed to know all things. That's what I come here for, so you can tell me everything. No. God didn't tell us everything. He's going to fill in the gaps when we get there. We don't get to know it all here. We know where we can find the answers. Him. He has all the answers. And so when we want answers, all we have to do is go to him. And we can say, Lord, can you explain that to me? I did. I asked. He said, no. <laughs> he said, you're going to find out. You'll find out when the time comes. 
That's how come when I see these movies about people that, oh, they went to heaven and they have all these experiences and everything like that. You know what? If Paul went to heaven and said, I came back, I can't even talk about the things. It would be illegal for me to talk about the things that I saw in heaven. Then who are these other people that, oh, it's not illegal for them? I don't understand. Um, Because I believe that the enemy is very deceptive. And that the enemy wants us to feel good about ourselves. That we bring some sort of righteousness to the throne room of God. We bring nothing. You know, I'm... I don't understand why when you die and they put you in a casket in a $1,000 suit, I don't understand that. I'm not going before the Lord in the $1,000 suit. You know, that would be like coming in my righteousness. Oh, but there is filthy rags before the Lord. The only way I want to go before him is in his righteousness. He's going to cloak us in his righteousness. And then we can be found worthy to stand before him. But, you know, so if you bury me in a casket, put, you know, just give me my pajamas. And that's good enough. You know, I don't need a Brooks Brothers suit or anything like that. Some of you are wondering, what is that? I don't know. It's something I heard years ago, and I still remember it. He is worthy. He's the one that holds all things together. And so when it's over, when it's done, the the earth is going to be burned up with a fervent heat, right? Uh, That's what we read at the end of Revelation. It's going to be burned up. And the way that it's described, it's as if every atom explodes. Every atom. Every single atom. Not just an atom bomb little... No, every... That means us. We, we have atoms too, you know. Well, not us. We're, we're going to be translated. We're going to be changed. We're going to be a new creation that lasts for eternity. I, I'm still trying to get the picture out of my head of these old guys sitting around on 24 thrones around you know who are these why are they called elders they're old I don't want to be old in heaven I want to be young again I want to well I guess I can be old and play pickleball or something like that but I'm looking forward to whatever God has for us because it's going to be the best no matter what it is it's going to be the best these fall down and give him glory they praise him he is holy 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 we can start doing that today here's the song holy 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 lord god almighty who was and is and is to come now we know the song and so we get there we're going to have it memorized we'll be able to go there and praise him there in the, in the throne room. So when we consider these things, these things uh, on earth, they, they don't seem so bad when we consider what we're going to be going to, right? Regardless of what's going on here, we've got something much better 
to go to. Our hope is in heaven. We look forward to the day when we see the things that John sees. And we're going to be part of that multitude that worship in the throne room of God. Consider the fact that they, these creatures, the, throne, uh, the, the 24 elders, they worship God right there. How much more um, should God and his son be the object of our worship while we are here? They should daily, hourly, by minute, minute by minute, they should be the object of our worship here because we're going to be going there and spending eternity with him in the same way. So let's praise and worship him because he is worthy. Amen. Lord, we do thank you for this glimpse. We really don't understand what's there, what this vision means completely. We just get a glimpse. But what I do understand is that John recognized your holiness. The 24 elders recognized your holiness. The creatures around the throne recognized your holiness. And they worship you. And Lord, I pray that our lives would be a form of worship to you in all that we do. That we would be less focused on ourselves and more focused on you. I thank you for giving us time with our brother Jim, who is before you now. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his family who are still here, Lord, and I pray that you comfort them and give them peace. I thank you for new life in the form of my grandson, and Lord, I pray that you would bless him. May he know you all the days of his life. I pray that you would bring Cheryl back safely next week when she returns. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing I pray for Lee, who is also having some medical issues. And Father, I pray that you would resolve the issues, that you would give the doctor wisdom, give Anastasia peace, that you're going to have your hand upon him also. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we had together today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for coming out. Why don't you stand? I have one more uh, moment of dedication for the Morton family, and that's our closing song. So as you read it, there are there's no vocals to it in that I didn't record someone singing the song. You're the people that are going to be singing the song. So um, some of you may know it, belt it out in worship because it's going to bless um, the Morton family. God bless you.